previously on Modular. Bradley and Vernon were able to thwart a mad kraken priest of Talos, hoping to swallow Leylon into the swamplands. They didn't win without injury, however, and if it weren't for the brave mage Galio Olibriel, they might have died in the mud. about the duck what duck uh the the duck that was um (laughs) it was this duck that um he i guess he like i don't know he was like just running in the right circles i guess and and he he became president (laughs) his um his name's joe and they just elected him president and people think that he's a human but he's a duck (laughs) That's crazy. I didn't know. I didn't hear about this it, duck. Yeah, his name's... And I like... I. <laughs> this is a completely <laughs> audio medium, but I could see in Luke's face when he was stuttering there, like him him trying to calculate, what should I say? Oh, God, I didn't have a plan for this story. <laughs> I thought he was going to make a joke. I thought he was going to make like a, like a no, this stupid is com- ass duck joke. This is completely joke, serious. But- this is completely serious. So his name's Joe Biden, right? And I okay. guess I guess he just like he must have been like a really charismatic duck because people just were like, sure, run for president. And they let him and they elected him. I mean, a politics these days are just so crazy. You know, yeah. it's, it's well, not- I mean, he was a better he was a better choice than, you know, Donald Duck. He, that's who he was running against was Donald yeah. Duck. Donald Duck, and- yeah. And he won? Wow, and Joe won. the Duck. Uh, he, they should make a cartoon. Okay, that's all the banter I have. <laughs> that was terrible. Well, sorry. Hello. And welcome. My name is Luke Job. My name is Thorin George. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right, old man Shiver McGee. These are the pre-written stories made up by the folks who made up D&D. We didn't write them, but we are here to run them for you right now. And why would we do that? Well, Johnny Jenkins, you're not long for this world, so we got to do this podcast while you're still alive. But maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you didn't know that Thorin's middle name is actually Snorin. His name is Thorin Snorin George. But you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we are running. And right now we're running Stormlord's Wrath. And also, it is a direct sequel to Season 1. 
And also don't confuse it with Storm King's Thunder. So if you don't want spoilers, you should leave now. Yep, yep, yep. But there is one more warning we have to offer them. That's right, young Tribicius. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language, as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, violence, and patricide. So please be aware of these not-so-kid-friendly themes. Now, without further ado, welcome to Modular. And our session six of Storm Lord's Wrath. How will I get out of this one? I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump right into it. You ready for that? Inverna, uh, my father. The last thing I heard him say was adventurer. What a bastard! <laughs> but I cannot let the Dark Lord win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I can tell. I can tell you're ready now, Bradley. You are moved to a tent where you just completely passed the fuck out. You hear in your dreams whispers, come to the island, rest upon our shores. But after what's probably about 16 hours of sleep, Goddamn. you wake okay. up in the morning, the next morning. You uh, sleep. Fully, fully long rested? Fully long rested. Hell yeah. You are bandaged around your torso. Um, you also realize someone definitely undressed you uh, as you are in what looks like just kind of a, a gown uh, that's not your gown. With this open chest, you can see all these bandages. Your head is throbbing, but you're alive. Uh, and you see Inverna is sitting next to you. I try to get up, but it you know obviously still hurts. And, oh, fuck. Uh, and then, what happened? She smiles, and you see that she has just, like, bruising all over her face. She smiles, and she says, I'm really glad to see you're alive, Bradley. I thought I thought you might be done for. Oh, it's going to take a lot more than some weird tentacled lady and a water monster to kill me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That really put us through the ringer, though, didn't it? It did, it did. Um, she says, don't worry, the town is still here. Well, did those children make it? The children are Will fine. Will able to save them? Children are fine. Oh, bless the gods. She says, there's one outside the tent uh, waiting to see you. But just wanted to let you know, if a few people did die before we, we got here. Um, a few settlers and a few guards. The Neverwinter. So, I guess you met a fellow named Gallio Librio when you were back in Neverwinter. Yes, he was in Lord Neverember's uh, palisade. I, 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 I assumed nothing of him. Yeah, well, he's he's been hired to to work here as well. 
Um, he seems like a good man, and he, he, he saved our skin. He brought with him six guards, uh, new guards for Leylon. I guess they didn't have many to start, and now they have even fewer. But um, he's Well, how many died? Four, four dead bodies we found at guards, and then another two settlers. Well, I mean, now they have two more guards than they did before, so it, you know... Don't say that. Stay optimistic. Don't, don't say that to anybody else outside this team. I don't intend to. Uh, she says, um, this Galio fella, he's not here to do what we're doing. We're, we're supposed to do what you were doing back in Fandolin. Take care of people. Run errands and that kind of sort of stuff. All the dangerous errands, that is. Galio's, What's Galio here for? He's here to study this house of Thalivar. Have you heard of that before? Make me a history check. House of Thalivar? I got a 17. You do not know what that is. I've never heard of that in my life. I mean, the entire the entirety of the Mayor of Dead Men was, uh, you know, I'd heard it in passing, but so I think specifics about it are going to be a little iffy. Well, uh, all I know is this House of Thalivar, it's, it's in the middle of town. It's a tower. Yeah, I guess a wizard's tower. He's going to be doing some work in it. Um, he's a part of the town council, so he's he's got more pull than you or I do, but he seems like a good guy. Wait, he just got here, and he's already part of the town council? Uh, I mean, he's he's got higher pay grade than you or me. I don't know what to tell you. Damn. I mean, that's fine. We're still getting paid. Uh, I'm going to let this kid come talk to you. Hopefully it's not too awkward. And she opens the tent flap, and the little girl uh, that, that you saved comes in, and she says, Hi, um... Mr. Copper, I heard that was your name. My name's Bonice. It's really good to meet you. Um, you saved my wife, so... Saved your wife? I didn't know they married that young. <laughs> she says, what? You saved my wife. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. It's, it's very nice to meet you, Bonice. And I'm just doing my... Just doing what I can. She says, you're doing a really good job, Mr. Copper. And she, like, awkwardly hugs your head and, like, pats you on the head. And she says... I give her a little pat on the head and I say, thank you, Bernice. I'm glad you're in my town. Um, I guess I'll see you later, okay? Okay. Goodbye, have fun. She waves and she walks out. And Verna kind of looks at you and says... You're a softie. I feel like you would have known this about me already, Inverna. Uh, I, I do know it about you, but I just have to remind you. She uh, she grabs uh, a sack, which you realize is uh, your bag. She tosses it like right onto your nuts. Oh! And she oh. says, uh, "Get dressed. There's people that want to talk to us." All right. She uh, walks out of the tent. Cool. I get dressed and I head out there. As you walk out, you see the dragonborn. Marigold. And for the DMs listening, I didn't mention this earlier. Marigold's supposed to be a halfling, but there's like never dragonborns anywhere. And I just wanted a dragonborn, so I made him a dragonborn. So, you know, ch- change up flavor how you like. But um change yeah. Change uh, change some stuff, you know? Have fun with it. Just get just get just get sexy with it, you know? Just get a yeah, little sexy. Just get get a little sexy. Show some cleavage, girl. You walk out of your tent, you see Marigold's there. He says, um, Mr. Copper, I am so glad to see you're well-rested. Uh, and 
Praise be unto the thunder. I personally saw to your healing, your mending, if you will. Do you feel all right? I do. I, I feel, I mean, about as good as you can after being thrown 20 feet in the air and landing, you know, square on your chest and head. Hmm. Sounds delightful. He, uh, he says, it's the first day of leaf fall. We are in full autumn. Can't you feel the nice brisk air on yourself? I do. It's not my favorite feeling, but oh, do it's you, better than do you prefer, the alternative. Do of... you prefer the warm weather? I do. Hmm. Not me. Um, <laughs> he uh, he, he kind of motions uh, and he sh he's kind of waving to this shrine of Lathander. He says, what do you think of our shrine? It's a lovely shrine. Quite possibly one of the best shrines I've seen. Would you care to pray with me? Sure. Uh, he looks delighted. He walks over to the shrine and he kneel kneels down. I, I assume you follow suit. Yeah. And he just pray he prays to himself. Do you do you offer a prayer to Lathander, the god of the dawn? I I don't really know. Have I in had interactions with Lathander before? Not really. Who was that one? in in season one who like gave me a message oh the the divination god yeah i'm i'm blanking on the name but that was yeah that's the god of divination um like okay. seeing the future this is the god of the sun or, or dawn i guess light and stuff yeah i guess i'll pray to myself just be like hey lithanda um thanks for thanks for keeping an eye out on this town you know, I know they really appreciate it, and I know they really need it. And, you know, thanks for not letting me die back there, I guess. I assume this is your... So this this place is under your protection, so I, I'm going to attribute my not-death to you. Um, and thank you for that. Nice. Do you have inspiration? I don't. Now you do. Cool. Uh, as you stand up, you see in the top right part of your screen, Marigold will remember that. Uh, <laughs> he says, there is a town council meeting that I'm running late to. Uh, I believe that you and your compatriot are invited. Would you like to come? Sure. I, I, I would be glad. Glad to come with you. He uh, he walks you to this other spot. Leylon is a ruined town encircled by an earthen rampart. To the southwest, new settlers attempt to build docks for barges made to cross the marsh and meet the merchant ships in the sea. So this marsh, the swampland, is... It directly leads into the sea. There's there's not land on the other side of it. I love that. Outside of town, a settler camp nestles under the trees along the high road. At the center of town, the house of Thalivar, a wizard tower, rises like a beacon, four times the height of every other building. The town lies in ruin, but the settlers from Neverwinter work quickly, clearing and reconstructing. As you uh, kind of look up at the house of Thalivar, Marigold says... I do not enjoy looking upon that thing. You see... Why? What's wrong with it? That is the reason that the original Leylon fell to ruin. Thalavar... That tower? That tower, indeed. Thalavar was a wizard. He looked up to Mordekainen. His goal was to collect rare and ancient creatures and beasts from the multiverse. And he did just that. He used that tower as a sort of conduit to bring 
dangerous things into our material plane. But what could, kind of dangerous things? Monsters of your wildest dreams. A unicorn without a horn. A dragon with two penises. <laughs> a leviathan that could swallow the sea. And a giant who could poop out rainbow poop. All sorts of things. Very... Only one of those really sounds dangerous. <laughs> what, the unicorn? I know. Terrifying. <laughs> but he could not contain them. Thalavar was too greedy. He tried to hold them. Think like the collector, you know, from, okay. from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. But they broke out and they destroyed this town. So I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Were you here when it was destroyed? No, that was hundreds of years ago. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. Oh. Yeah, you really didn't. So, I, um, you know, that's... no one has made this clear. I assumed this town, like, recently came into ruin, and now you're trying to rebuild it. But that makes sense. You are actually walking out of town. Um, he, uh, left, uh, Marigold motions to the walls, and he says, we need to get those built as soon as possible. Uh, is the intention for them to continue to be... Uh, wooden walls as they are now do you plan on making them stone walls such as neverwinter has most of the stone masons are hard at work rebuilding buildings currently if it if i had it my way they would be stone walls yes but here we are as you're walking also you you've noticed along this walk a lot of people are saying hi to marigold he seems very well liked okay people just generally take kindly to him you walk out of town um, to a settler camp that you walked through on the way here, um, just about a few hundred uh, yards off from the main town. You see that dwarven woman, Griselda, is here. You see that guard, who you didn't catch the name of, is here. You see uh, the elven woman, uh, who, who's the fisher, is here. Scylla is here. Inverna is here. Galio Librio is here. And there are a few other people that seem kind of important, uh, as you walk up, you see Scylla, and she's speaking to this this half-elf woman um, who you remember is Valdi, her new boss. Yeah. And Valdi says, Scylla, this is, this is just a meeting for the town council. Why don't you go back to the docks and keep working on unpacking all of your things and sorting those things out uh, that I reminded you of? And Scylla says, Oh my gosh, yeah, totally. That, I, I, absolutely. And she waves to you and she says, Hi, Bradley, really glad you're alive. You never used her bardic inspiration in that fight. No, I didn't. I honestly forgot that I had it. Um, she just waves to you. I could have, god damn it, I could have, god damn it, there's so many saves that I could have done and succeeded on. Yep. So, uh, oh, she, well. she skips off after she waves to you. You see that there is a sprawled out map on just a, on a crate that looks like the town council members are looking at. And Griselda says... The most important thing right now is getting roofs over heads. We have to keep putting all of our manpower into building buildings. We barely got roofs. We need people to have a dry place to stay. These tents are not going to hold up as, as it gets colder. We can't just keep having people camp out like vagabonds. And you hear the guards say, I completely disagree. I think that the most important thing right now is, most importantly, we should create a barracks. We need the guards to have weapons. Everyone needs maybe a watchtower along the walls could be good, too, because there is so much going on. And I do not, I do not want to have to deal with this. But I, I trust Galio in these decisions. And Galio says, 
Right. Well, here's the thing. My main mission is working on that House of Thalamar. There's magic in there that could be incredibly powerful, useful to Lord Neverimba. It could protect Leylon. That's what I've got to focus on. But a watchtower would be incredibly important. Uh, you hear Valdi say, Well, we know that the majority of commerce is going to come from the docks. This is a seaside town. We need to work on better barges, better docks. We need to make sure that the fishery is running to its best capabilities because it will bring in more money. More money means more guards. More money means more commerce, more people, more safety. If we're bringing in money, Lord Never Ember will keep investing in us. Don't you know that? And Marigold speaks up and he says, God, this is a lot of voices. <laughs> he says, <laughs> we must focus on the walls. The walls will keep us safe. Pretty quickly, Griselda says, Marigold, I appreciate what you're saying, but the things that came for us yesterday, they came out of the swamp. You're going to build a wall along the swamp. You can't do that, right? So that can't be our focus. They all seem to kind of start bickering just a little bit. Uh, finally, Galio speaks up and says, Mr. Copper, you are a man I know I can trust. What say you? What's most important? I mean, there's a lot of factors that you have to take into here. You know, like, um, it's definitely important for the people to have some place to live. But if those people's homes aren't properly protected, say, with a guard's barracks or a watchtower, then it's a pretty moot point in this, having them in the first place. This is what I've been waiting for. Yes, I knew someone would speak with reason. And this is Sergeant Yoram. He introduces himself to you. Has Yoram. But in order to pay, you know, the stone workers, it would also be beneficial to work on the docks so that they can just bring in more fish and bring in more money for the town. So there's a lot of factors, you know, and, and I'm I'm definitely not a city planner. What does... Does anyone know what Lord Neverember has suggested? Valdi speaks up and she says, I think that's a part of the problem. Lord Neverember wants this all done as quickly as possible, but we don't have the manpower for it. We have to focus on certain things at a time. And Griselda says, right, we've only been here, what, a month but there's still so much to do, and God's never remember it doesn't understand. We just need more manpower. We're glad you're here, Bradley. We really are. But your job is to help keep people safe, but you can't do it alone. We just need more. And Marigold says, Praise be unto Lothander. We have the blessings we have now. We cannot focus on negativity, everyone. Gallio kind of rolls his eyes, and he says, it's realism we're focusing on. Without that, Junior, you're just not going to be able to build this place. You can't be optimistic all the time. Understand that? Priest, they kind of turn back to you. Everyone's staying intense right now, right? Just about everybody is. Every, uh, yeah, so Griselda says, yes, unfortunately, um, a few of us uh, are in wagons, but there's no real homes yet. The only building that's got a roof uh, is the House of Thalavar. And Galio says, me, uh, myself, and I will be staying in there. There's too much dangerous stuff. I can't have people just milling about in the house of Thalabear. Um Valdi says, the, the peculiarity shop is still uh, going strong. It's it's pretty um, stable. Zephyros, uh, 
He likes to keep things the way he likes to keep them, though. So, mm, I don't think anyone else could stay in there. But for the most part, yes, we're all in tents or wagons or just under the stars. How long do you, would you expect it to take to build, say, a watchtower? Uh, Sergeant Yoram speaks up and he says, Yes, yes, a watchtower. We could do it uh, in less than a ten day, maybe. But ten day, most likely. I think that would be beneficial because if there are more threats say from this talos cult it would an early notice would be good and then focusing the manpower on building houses for i know that would most likely take the longest hmm. you see uh, a bunch of things pop up top of your screen <laughs> sergeant yorm approves galio approves griselda disapproves marigold disapproves baldi disapproves um Galio says, now we're talking. I'm glad someone can just make a decision around here. I've got to get back to the house of Bellevue. Thank you, Bradley. They all kind of disperse, and um, Sergeant Yoram comes up to you and he says, I am so glad that you are here, because this is exactly what I needed. I needed someone to just think for a second. Griselda, well, as we like to call her, the growler, she does not always use her best judgment. Safety is of the utmost importance. No? No, I agree, and it seems like you have your own personal safety at the top there as well. I noticed you didn't really help us fight. Uh, would you rather roll me persuasion or intimidation on this? I'm going to roll... I, I'm not really saying anything. I'm just... But, but I'm just, not trying to do anything. I'm just... This is, this is either you're going to piss him off or you're going to appeal to his humanity. And what do I want to do is the question... Because if you succeed on an intimidation or a persuasion, it's going to go well. If you don't, then he's just going to be offended and pissed off. I'm going to do... Then I'm going to do intimidation because... Well, which one do I get? They're both the same. I'm going to do intimidation then. I'm going to say we need as much help as we can get. Like, but kind of like threateningly. Like, I got a 14. And that was what? Intimidation or... That was intimidation. He kind of gulps. Yes, right. Um. Well, uh... They were children. I needed to make sure that I protected them. Don't you understand this? But perhaps uh, you're right. I sh maybe I should have fought. I, I don't know. I, I, am I mean, it's good. It's. I mean, you probably, like, Inverna and I almost died. You probably would have died. So it's better to have you now than it was to have you then when we completely and utterly failed. You know? So things happen for a reason. Absolutely. You You are right. Um, th thank you. Of course, and I'm assuming you're going to be overseeing this watchtower uh, construction. Just, I guess, you know, get them on it immediately. Absolutely, I will. Um, I also have a quick favor to ask you. Um, of course, that's what I'm here for. So, he says, I, I need you to speak to Breltora, Red Eye. She is a half-orc stonemason. Um, she knows something about some of my missing soldiers. You mean there were soldiers missing that weren't the dead ones? Well, I had no soldiers left. I originally had myself and nine uh, and eight men, uh, making nine of us. I found four corpses yesterday. Let them rest their souls, but I am missing four. Uh, and I think uh, Breltora had spoken to me. I, I told her I had to make this meeting, but... Perhaps you could go speak to her. She should be in town. Um, no, of course, of course. He says, 
Also, if you need uh, any sorts of gear, perhaps check out the Peculiarity Shop. Um, it could be a, a good use of your time. Thank you, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, he kind of waves you off, and Inverna says, as you're walking, she says, uh, I'm glad you you put emphasis on the tower. I think that was smart. I mean, if we don't have anything to protect the people, then what's the use of having of building these homes? Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Let's go see this half-orc. You walk into town. You are walking um, past the peculiar. I do want to say. I do want to say to Inverna. Uh-huh. I want to turn and stop before we get into town, so people can't really hear us. And I say, we're going to be dealing with a half orc woman, and I know how you feel about them. If you cannot find yourself with pleasantries, then just you know, turn around. Don't make any faces. Let me do the talking. She nods and she says, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. But I, but I, you know, I, I have a good feeling. I, I think we'll get rid of this prejudice yet. <laughs> she just shakes her head and says, sure, sure. <laughs> you walk into town, you see where the stonemasons are set up because they are, uh, they were, you know, it looks like they were working on just one home um, at a time. Now they're going to be being told, you know, there's, there's more manpower we need for a tower. Um, but you see the only half orc here, um, and she spots you and approaches you. And she says, "Hello, uh, my name is Breltora Red Eye. Um, I-, I spoke to Sar- Sergeant Yoram, and he-, he didn't seem really interested in what I had to say. Um, but uh, c- yes, I. He asked me to come speak to you. I heard you have news of these missing soldiers. Well, yeah, he said that he can't spare any manpower." to look for them uh, he kind of waved me off he was a bit of a dick um but he seems that way my friend vester he's he's gone missing um but he wasn't here when the attack started he he was patrolling some stretch of the high road uh south of here um it's it's right along the edge of this terrible swamp that our town is on his job was to make sure that no creatures had established layers there he had some other guys with him. I think there were four of them, but but he is missing now. Then I have to go find him. I'm not under Sergeant Yoram's um, orders, so my manpower can be spared. She smiles, and, and Verna asks, uh, is this Vester a uh, half-orc too? Uh, kind of gritting her teeth, and um, Breltor looks at her and says, Oh no, no, he's he's a human. Um but he, he's my best friend though. And and Verna kinda squints and says, eh, okay. Interesting. Are are they gonna be dressed like the other guards? She says, Probably, yeah, never winter emblems and everything. And Verna says, Right, right. Um can you show us on this map? And she pulls out a map of Leylon uh that she was given and Reltora kinda points out where this uh route might have been. And it looks. I I'm I'm kind of. I side note. I'm just standing there, like eyes wide, very giddy inside. That she's even acknowledging, uh, someone with orcish blood. Um, and not in a bad way. Yeah, she uh, points out on your map where this might be, and you see that it's this is, like the mirror of dead men. That that you would be going Gulp. to. Oi. She says, uh, "If if you think you can 
do it, I, I would appreciate it. We definitely can. Your friend, you know, God's, he's alive, will be safe with us. Th thanks. Bradley, right? That's your name? Yes, Bradley Copper. And this is, this lovely, this fetching woman right here, is Inverna Nightbreeze? Yep. Inverna Nightbreeze. Uh, Braltora shakes her hand. She holds out her hand to shake Inverna's hand. And Inverna looks at it and looks at you. And she shakes her hand. Braltora says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I have you two on the case then. And I'm glad y'all saved those little kids. I wouldn't have lived, I could not have lived with myself if I hadn't been able to. Yeah, well, if you ever have any questions about town, you know, if, if there's something that piques your interest, come talk to me. Um, but otherwise... Absolutely. We'll, uh... Um, and I do want to say, you definitely look the most capable of all of these stonemasons, so just make sure they're... Make sure they're on their best work. We want to get this guard tower fixed quickly. Uh, Griselda doesn't even acknowledge my worth, really, or anybody's, but thank you for saying that. Of course. Um, she kind of nods and she heads off to join the others. There are a lot of people in this town that don't really know how to treat other people. And Verna says, uh, it's a cruel world. Bradley, not everybody had the privileges you did to grow up and get taught empathy. That's very true. I'm glad you're learning it at Inverna. She just squints at you. Like, yeah, whatever. Let's go find these missing guards, shall we? Uh, do you want to stop and get some supplies first at the peculiarities shop? She says, sure. I, I heard people talking that the best place to get supplies was just at the, the town square. They've got a market set up there. Um, I think the peculiarity shop's just going to be weird shit. Yeah, but weird shit can be really helpful sometimes. Yeah, I guess it can. Yeah, uh, let, let's let's go check it out. Cool. The two of you walk up to um, a shop. It says Aubrey's Peculiarity Shop. Now, for mm -hmm. the DMs listening, um, I am trading out this NPC that runs it. It says an, a whimsical Aluskan male named Aubrey Silverspun. Um, as you walk in, you see uh, a skeleton, just kind of like, you know, you might see in biology class, just been preserved, and you almost bump into him, and someone says, oh, um, sorry, look out for Aubrey there, that's Aubrey, he, he used to run the place, you know, and you see okay. a person, uh, masculine, uh, with white hair, balding, uh, and a long white chin beard. No mustache. Um, has uh, dark skin, almost blue uh, in the face, and white eyes. And he says, uh, yes, my name is Zephyros. It, it is a pleasure to meet you. Uh, welcome to Aubrey's shop. Uh, that is Aubrey. Um, it, it is good to see you. Uh, what, 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 what are you looking for today? Well, first and foremost, hello. My name is uh, Bradley Copper. I have been oh, hired I, I by... Oh, I know who you are. Bradley Copper, Inverna Nightbreeze. It's it's good to see you both. Yes. Oh. Um, well. Um, He's, we were just he wondering... He snaps his fingers and he teleports next to the two of you. Yes? Wondering about what? If you had anything that could potentially help us. We're, we've been uh, tasked with investigating these missing soldiers and we're heading out into the mayor of dead men and we're just wondering if you have any 
peculiarities that could help us out in our yes, expedition. Yes, 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 peculiarities. That is what people usually look for when they speak to me, uh, Zephyros, of course, um, who I, you know, I run Aubrey's Peculiarity Shop. That is what they look for. Um, I, I've only got two items for sale right now. Um, each of them will cost a pretty penny, uh, but if you're interested, do you like tea, perhaps? Or maybe you like the luck of a coin in your hand. Uh, and he I... pulls out a little bag of tea leaves... And then he pulls out a coin. Um, and the coin is bronze. And it's just got a spiral uh, on it. So what exactly do these things do? So, so, so the tea can be brewed and you can drink it. Mmm, delicious. Mm. I love tea. I really do. So if you drink it, you, it will give you the effects of as if you had slept for one hour. So this tea, when brewed... Uh, and these items come from Gil Vidalin's Guide to Gear, which is uh, a homebrew that um, a follower of ours, a follower of ours on Twitter, made. Um, and I'm going to give him a shout out at the end of the episode. <coughs> but this tea will give you a short rest uh, if you drink it. Okay, hell yeah, I can get bardic inspirations for that. Yeah, and HPs, them sweet sweet HPs. He he says. Uh, this tea can be quite potent, but if you brew it, you better drink it. It will not last. You can't just put it in a, a little bottle and keep it for however long you might want. So it has to be drank while it's hot, basically. Exactly. Exactly right. Yes. What does the coin do? This is a finder's coin. Mmm. Very, very exciting. So, you, this coin, yes, yes, this coin is paired with a very fun spell called Locate Object. Do you know that spell, Bradley? I've heard of it. Never used it myself. So, I could sell you this. And he pulls out a parchment. And he says, I could write out a locate object. And I could make you a scroll of locate object. Because what happens is, locate object tells you uh, where an object might be. You locate it, literally. Um, it tells you within a thousand feet where your object might be. So you say, you will love a brush. A brush made out of uh, uh, an elephant's tusk. And you use that brush all the time and you lose it. You can cast Locate Object, and if it's within 1,000 feet of you, you can find it. Well, this is the Finder's Coin, and it is very special. If you cast Locate Object on this, you will know where it is within 10 miles of where you are. Now, you might think, well, what's, what's the good of this? What's the good of this if I always hold on to it and I never lose it? I might never need to locate it within 10 miles of me. Well, then you're not thinking outside of the box, are you, Mr. Copper? No, see, this coin you can put into someone's pocket. And say you suspect them of mm, treachery, treason, truancy. Yes, you can locate that object and know where they are. Within 10 miles of you. Pretty nifty, huh? These are both very peculiar items. Yes. How much would they cost, the two of them together? I would say, mm, for you, a handsome lad like you, and he kind of rubs your chin. <clears throat> How about, yes, ooh, let's think about it. How about 500 gold? How much for just one? 250? For just one, 300 gold. See, that's I'm going to turn to an Inverna and I'm going to say, I don't... I don't really have that kind of money. <clears throat> yeah, Bradley, I, I don't, I don't have that kind of money either. I got about two hundred gold in my name. Yeah, I've got, I've got three hundred ninety-nine is what my character sheet says. So I mean, if you, if you want one of them, 
go for it. You know, you got the you got the dough. We're probably going to get paid for other jobs. True. I just which one do you think would be more useful? Are we suspecting of anyone being treacherous? I. Just... I mean, you never know when treachery could be afoot. Okay. I'll buy the coin. Mm, Mr. Copper, I am so glad you did that. Um, he passes you the coin. He writes out a scroll of locate object for you. Uh, he takes your 300 gold. You put it all in his hand um, in, in a sack. Uh, mm-hmm. He claps it together, raises his hand back up, and you see he has a perfect little stack of 300 coins going very, very high. And he, <laughs> he throws them into the air, waves his hand, they disappear. And then he slaps his pocket, and you can hear the coins are in his pocket. What a good trick. Oh, if you think that's a good trick, just wait. You will see. I can pull off crazy tricks, Mr. Copper. Crazy tricks. Good day to you, sir. Pleasure. And he uh, waves. The door opens by itself, and you're Audi 5000. What a eccentric person. Vernon nods. She says, <clears throat> we are meeting a lot of characters. That's for sure. We are. I guess let's go to the market and buy something more useful. Yeah, you head over to the market. It is hustling. It is bustling. It is rustling. It is tussling. And anything on the adventure gear table uh, that you might need to buy, you can absolutely buy. Do I have to actually look at the adventure gear table? Yes, sir. don't really see anything that I want to buy. Okie dokie. Do you see anything, Inverna? Uh, Inverna's good. God damn it. Okay, yeah. Well, guess let's fucking go then. Actually, Inverna walks over to a smith. She says, uh, she starts talking. You were looking at something else. You come over and you hear she's asking for uh, something very specific. Is there a way you can make me an arrowhead that if I pop off an old one and put this one on it could kind of corkscrew like a screw and if I shot it into something that it could stick in it would hold tight and might be able to shimmy up it I mean it'd have to be a strong arrow but we could build something like that maybe could you make me like a metal arrow that could do that and Smith says right well yeah that could be done it's gonna be tough for sure but uh, i could do it maybe uh you pay me half now half when it's done we could work something out that way and Rena says yeah that would be um appreciated for sure uh how much would it be and they kind of haggle back and forth and she ends up paying him 50 gold to make this like grappling hook kind of arrow okay hell yeah um he says, all right, you can pick that up, uh, let's say, in about two days' time. She nods at that and says it's fair, and the two are you are off. Guess we're heading southward. You are venturing into the Mirror of Dead Men. And as you're about to leave town, you see um, Braltora runs back up to you. Um, and she says... Um, I might have a, a lead for you, maybe. Um, I, I was I was thinking about it, and there's been a a, a a a pretty peaceful tribe of lizard folk that have been out and about. Um, people are kind of wary of them, but they don't seem to mind us at all. Um, 
So, my thinking is, maybe you could try and find them. The thing is, they, they recently disappeared. Nobody's seen them, but maybe you could find them. They might know something. Okay. Yeah, in which direction do they normally go? She kind of points that out for you. Um, and she says, um, I mean, that that's usually their, their spot, but you're going to have to probably track them because, they, I mean, they have been gone for at least, you know, five or six days now. All right. Thank you for this tip. We appreciate it. Yeah, she smiles and runs back off. You ever dealt with lizard folk before, Inverna? Inverna says, uh, I know near here, uh, there was that castle Naritar. Remember that from the Dragon War? It's supposed to be like Im- yeah. important. I remember hearing about it. Um, I guess lizard folk took it um, and then lost it from the Zentarum. So, I, I mean, all I know is I think I, I there's that there's s- they're smarter Sounds than familiar. they're smarter than people give them credit for. I know my cousin dealt with some lizard folk at one point. Yeah, can't talk too much about him. Don't know if he's alive or not. <laughs> Um, you head out into this marshland and very quickly this is fucking wilderness this is not uh, civilized in any way there um, is not much going on make me a survival check survival? I get a plus 3 I got a 13 13 Um, quickly where uh, where Braltora kind of pointed out, you're able to find this place. It looks like there was once a camp here, for sure. Okay. Um, but you don't see any tracks uh, leading in or out. Uh, there just seems to be like, it was obvious this was kind of settled for a bit, and now it's not. Um, Inverna, luckily for you, rolled a 20. Uh, not a natural. Oh, thank but fucking God. A 20. She looks around and she says, Bradley, there was a, there was a fight here. Um, there was a struggle. Um, <laughs> uh, the hands were bound. They crawled. The vines were cut. Um, she points out that some of the trees have been felled, like they looked like they were broken in half. Um, she says something big must have must have fought them here. Um, we uh, we're gonna need to follow these tracks, and she points out some lizard folk tracks. Um, and you start working your way through the swampland. You see the map shows that the area you now travel is where the high road runs into the edge of the Mirror of Dead Men. The Leylon soldiers start their patrol into the mirror here. Just off the path, the wet earth is dug up by battle and bloodstains dot the ground. Inverna looks and she says, now that's fresher than what else, whatever else we saw. Um, it looks like whatever the lizard folk were fighting, the soldiers of Leylon also fought. Maybe so. Let's hope that what in the lizard folk's attacking them. Uh, Gods, I hope not. I... Go ahead and make me another survival check. Another survival you got, check. You got three DCs on this. You could learn one, two, or three things. I got a 14. 14, you got one. Uh, a large number of tracks are apparent. Most are made by lizard folk. Um, but there are also booted prints of humans. Um, Inverna also notices, so she points that out and she says, all right, the lizard folk and the guards were definitely together at some point. Um, maybe they were fighting something big together. I don't know. Maybe they were fighting each other. Hard to tell. Something big that four soldiers and a, 
a pack of lizard folks can't take? I mean, I don't know. L- listen, listen to this. Breltora said that they seemed peaceful, but she didn't know that for sure. These lizard folk might have turned on the guards. She points out that there are strange ruts in the mud that look like uh, dual trap sleds. The ruts are deep enough that the sleds are probably pulling a great deal of weight. And you see on top of the mud along the tracks are several trails of slimy residue. Uh, she wipes some of this residue up and rubs it together in her fingers and she says, This is fucking nasty. Dude, lizard folk slime like that? Not that I know of. Make me a nature check. Get a plus two. That's a seven. You don't know what the fuck this is. Neither does Inverna. She rolled a natural two. <laughs> uh, she says, "Love that for us." She says, "Whatever the slime is, we can follow it." And the two of you start making your way downtown, walking fast, faces passing. I'm homebound. Do you want Inverna to lead, or do you want to lead? There's a slime trail. <laughs> We're chasing lizard folk. Um, yeah, and Verna can lead. Okay. Um, okay. You follow this trail for a while, but you do realize there are like certain parts of swamp that you have to walk through. Like you're walking through the water. So then maybe it's like, well, should we avoid these or should we walk through them? Like you're kind of losing the trail and then finding it again. Um, I need you to make me a nature check. Another one? Yep. God, you're getting me on the things that I'm low on. A f- it's a five. It was almost a 19, but it's a five. Okay. You uh, walk. Uh, you and Inverna are like sidestepping, walking in, walking out, walking in, walking out. Um, and very quickly you realize there looks like a nice dry part of land that you wouldn't have to walk through water on and as you step onto it uh, no Bradley it's quicksand you realize you have stepped into quicksand you and Inverna both sink three feet into this quicksand very quickly so you're probably up to you know, waist maybe already, and you just sit. Well, I, Bradley is six foot tall, so it would be exactly half his height. All right, so you both sink into this stuff. Oh, God's. Uh, and Verna just kind of freezes. She says, oh, oh, shit, shit. This is, this only happens in the tales. Um, yeah, no, I was about to say, I remember reading, my father reading me a lot of stories with this stuff when I was a child, but. I never thought I'd have to deal with it in real life. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Okay, wait. It's it's you, you either do one of these two things: you fight it and you try to work your way out, or you stay calm and do some something else. Uh, I, I don't. God, I wish I had that grappling hook arrow already. Um, Inverna's freaking out a little bit. It's okay, Inverna. Sure. Inverna, stay calm. I'm gonna. Can I do a persuasion? Can what can I do to help calm Inverna? Uh, I'm actually going to pull out my lyre. And strum a little calming. Alright, go ahead and roll me a performance check. And I'm also going to use that to give her bardic inspiration. That's going to be a 20. Oh, shit. 
She uh, she feels inspired. She says, "Right, right, right. We're good. We're good. We're good." She. We're good. We're good. You you don't seem to be sinking at the moment. You added bardic inspiration. She manages to very quickly like shift her weight, and she's got a leg out, and one leg is just kind of stuck. She says, "Right, right, right, right. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good." I, I think there's like an air pocket, you know, because we've we've displaced a lot of air. So I think that's what's keeping us stuck. So if we can somehow open up where we are, that should allow air in and allow us to get out. Or at least me, it looks like you're already on your way out. She kind of shifts backwards, and she's still definitely sinking, but she's not sinking as bad. She says, yeah, do, whichever, do whatever you got to do. She's kind of looking down, twisting her waist. Make me a perception check. Perception? That's going to be a 23. You look up. There's a lot of green around you. You know, and it is it is lush in, in a swampy way. Um, but some of the green you were looking at uh, moves, and you don't know how it snuck up on you, because it's about as big as an elephant. But a giant crocodile has met its eyes to yours, and it. Kind of grins, and you see another crocodile emerge from its side, and Inverna looks up and says, uh, Bradley, you seeing what I'm seeing? Yes. Yes, I am. Modular is Thorin George as Bradley Copper, and Luke Job is our DM. The story heard today as well as 99% of the characters were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module Stormlord's Wrath. Holly Lyons is our fantastic editor. Bethany Gray does our gorgeous cover art. Devin Clark is our talented webmaster. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter, at ModThePod. Join our private Facebook group, the Modular Podcast Fan Club. Follow us on Instagram, at the Modular Podcast. Follow us on TikTok, at the Modular Podcast. And subscribe to us on YouTube, at the Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout out to at Malfunction. Malfunction being spelled with a one in the place of the L. He has a Twitter page where if you follow him, he will give you a free copy of his homebrew source book, Gil Vadellen's Guide to Gear. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that right, malfunction. We followed each other on Twitter. He gave me this. I looked into it, and those two magic items that you heard in today's episode came from that gear book. There's lots of cool stuff in there, lots of unique ways to use the magic mouth spell and a, a few other spells like locate object. So if you want some new stuff in your life for your D&D game, maybe you should go follow him. He'll follow you, and then he'll send you his homebrew, and it's very cool. So go check him out. We appreciate everyone who likes our content, who shares our content, who watches our content, who listens to our content. Remember that Spotify has a new thing where you can actually rate podcasts. So if you listen on Spotify and you haven't done that yet, please do. Five stars would be 
greatly appreciate it. New episodes come out every Tuesday, and until then, thank you for listening to Modular.